all not my normal thought work, I'll tell you that. It was really difficult to, to go through this process to stay in that dark place because I'm so quick to self-coach and I, I, it's not my personality to go into those dark areas and, and like, you know, fantasize about the future in such a negative way. Welcome to The Steadfast Life from Jake and Witt over at SteadfastLifeCoaching.com. Witt and I love sports, adventure, coaching, faith, growth, and above all, that fascinating space where all five come together. Let's see what that space has to offer us today. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. As many of you know, if you have been following Witt and I on social media, we recently got to spend a little time with the one and only Tony Robbins up in Dallas at his Unleash the Power Within workshop, where we got to do all of the Tony Robbins stuff, including yelling and screaming and changing our state and clapping and jumping up and down and even walking on coals. And we just had sort of this this amazing experience that Really got Wit and I both all fired up and, and also wiped out a bit of our voices from, from all the yelling, as you can hear today. Um, but but we're so pumped about the things that we learned and the experiences we had and the self-awareness that we gained that I, I kind of wanted to use it as the theme of the podcast this week. And I don't want this to be confused with Tony Robbins content. I, I don't want to just get on here and, and sort of rehash Tony Robbins content for you. I was actually going to go a little bit more vulnerable than that and, and kind of dive into some of my personal lessons, some, some of the awarenesses that came about for me that I think will be quite relatable. What I want to do is run through three different awarenesses that popped up for me, three different experiences I, I had on this that were events happening in my own brain. The first thing I learned about myself is that I overvalue significance. So what that means is, is my importance, my originality, my, my place in this world. I, I put it on a high priority and, and it's not a bad thing. Like the desire to be significant is, is it's a basic human need and we all have that, that desire and there's nothing wrong with wanting it. But what I noticed is that in many situations, I have a default where I place my, my need for significance above my need for growth and in some cases my need for significance above my need for love and connection in the situations where i'm putting my own significance above my growth what i experience is that it slows down my journey because i have this desire to be able to say i came up with that myself and that could be very empowering. It could be very motivating. It could be very inspiring. It could drive me to learn and to know and, and to get into self-reflection. Those are all the good things. But the way that it kind of holds me back is it makes me resistant to coaching. It makes me resistant to taking on the mentorship of people that are further down this road than me. They offer me insight. They are the giants that we talk about when we say, I'm going to see further into the future. I'm going to go further because I stand on the shoulders of giants. And here are these giants offering me their shoulders and I'm staying down below and saying, no, I'd like to climb up there myself. I'd like to find my own way to the top. And so it really is inhibiting uh, that growth journey. And then even more so, and this is where it got interesting for me, is that it slows down wit's journey. 
that I am kind of being an anchor. If I'm dragging my feet as these people are pouring into us and they're saying, hey, try this, try that, you know, look at it this way. I've made these mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes I made, but, but, you know, learn from them and go forward. And I'm like, oh no, I, I really, I've got this desire to have it be my ideas, my innovation, my creativity. And now all of a sudden I'm the anchor that's slowing wit down on this journey. And I'm like, holy cow, that's the last thing I want to be as a bad teammate, as, as someone that's bringing her down. So that was an interesting awareness and pretty important for my life, but not nearly as important as the second one, that sometimes I put that value of, for significance, my own need for significance above my need for love and connection. What happens is that when I'm seeking significance, it actually disconnects me because I'm working so hard to protect my precious significance that when I'm, when I'm in a conversation with someone, when I'm having the opportunity to connect with another human being, I am, I am trying to discover the magical phrase, those few words I could say, the one sentence that I can put together that would be this sort of silver bullet that would change their thinking or open their mind or, or help them to understand things in a different way that would cause them to look at me and, and like, wow, this guy really has some insight. This guy really has got some knowledge. And, and so as I hunt for that perfect thing to say, that perfect insight, that perfect piece of advice, what I'm not doing is connecting with them. I'm not listening to them. I'm, I'm not inside their head, looking at their mind, trying to understand them. Where are they coming from? When in reality, what I know is that the best way to connect with someone is to seek to understand them in that conversation, to be present with what they're saying and really hear them and share that time together to actually feel connected. So those are just sort of two things that, that I that I spotted. Now, where this is coming from, this idea of significance is a, a, a Tony Robbins concept. He breaks down the six needs that, that all human beings have as a need for connection, a need for significance, a need for certainty, a need for uncertainty or variety. And then uh, th those get kind of lumped up as the, the needs of your personality. And then you've got two needs of your spirit, the, the, the need for growth and the need for contribution. If you want to take a look at those, it's kind of a cool exercise. If you were to go through and just spend a little time breaking down your own needs and how you meet them, all of us have all six. All of us want to be loved and connected. We all want to be significant. We all want some sort of certainty or consistency or, or control or standard, but we also want some sort of uncertainty, some sort of variety, risk, challenge, fun, adventure, that playful side of you. But we also are looking for growth and, and then also contribution, giving back in some way. So this personal development and the giving back in some way to the people around us. We all have all six. What's interesting is the order, because if you look at the order with which you're attacking these, it starts to show, okay, well, if I'm prioritizing this one, what's it preventing me from in the other? So when this podcast is over and you get some time, I really recommend just writing those six down and checking for yourself, what order do you have these things in? The second thing I learned a bit more positive is that I'm actually really good at fulfillment. Uh, I, I do recognize fulfillment as a choice and I choose it. And this choice is really clear for me because I have seen wealthy people who are sad and wealthy people who are happy, wealthy people who are unfulfilled and wealthy people who are fulfilled. I've seen 
uh, people who are poor that are fulfilled. And I've seen people who are poor that are unfulfilled. I've seen athletes who are successful that are fulfilled and athletes who are successful that are unfulfilled. And, and so as you break down all these pieces and you're like, wow, I, in varying degrees of success and failure in varying areas of life, all these different categories where we tend to put our own judgment on what's good and what's bad, what, what would be better, what would be worse, you can see that there are people who are fulfilled and unfulfilled in every single category. Luckily, I, I have a, a an engineering mind that likes to look at the data and evaluate based on that, and I can see, well, then definitely I can take out success or failure uh, in any of these areas as the catalyst for fulfillment. So when I put these things in perspective, I recognize that fulfillment is a choice. It's a decision that I am going to experience things like frustration or worry or guilt or shame, but all of these are suffering. These are, these are feelings that don't go with my fulfillment. And so when I notice these, I can actually make choices about what I will tolerate, what I will accept in my life. It's a little different when I think about emotions like anger, anxiety, and grief. Th these are sort of uh, emotions that I would say are more a natural part of life. They're not the indulgent emotions like frustration, worry, guilt, shame. And, and so those are, are not what I'm talking about right here. So just in, in terms of this context, I really am specifically talking about emotions that just sort of cause suffering they're a little bit indulgent they offer you some relief from your responsibility or or an opportunity to beat yourself down for a decision that you didn't like and some sort of strange way to offer you significance oddly enough or or to offer you this idea that like no i will not make that mistake again because i hate myself for it those sort of emotions that that tend to come up those those are optional and those are the enemy of fulfillment I've noticed in myself I can really foster this feeling that I like to rebel against feeling bummed out when my circumstances seem to dictate it based on a general cultural view. It's almost like I wear it like a badge of honor. I feel this sense of pride when things go wrong but I choose to feel fulfilled anyway. And, and, and people sort of like attack it and they're like, it, it, you're not allowed to do that. You're obligated. Come on, man, look at how bad your circumstances are. And, and I'm like, no, I, I refuse. Like I, I, I actually feel good, I'm okay. I, I feel fulfilled even in this moment and sort of recognizing that that, that really is a choice. And so that, that plays nicely into, into the work that Whit and I do because sometimes we'll hear a client come up with an intense story of really like these circumstances and it's very easy to to see them as negative to see them as this this story of, of circumstances that really do want to beat you down and it's almost like you can hear in their voice that they're saying listen to all these things that are going wrong wouldn't you say i have the right to be upset wouldn't you say i have the right to be angry wouldn't you say i, I have the right to feel guilty and, and yeah, maybe you do have the right, but it's an interesting awareness that your rights are not going to bring you fulfillment. So if you're looking for the right to be upset, then you're going to find a way to be upset. If you're looking for the right to be frustrated, you're going to find a way to be frustrated, almost as if we're presenting this like positive thinking and, and the client is looking for their right to not feel good. And it, it's just a super interesting awareness and something that you want to check in yourself that I often check in with myself. 
am I seeking justification to be a victim or am I choosing to feel fulfilled? Tony Robbins has a 90 second rule. He says that once he notices that he's suffering, so those indulgent emotions, once he notices, he's got 90 seconds to figure out why and release himself from being obligated to that emotion because of the circumstance. So what if you gave that a shot? What if you tried that? What if you tried having a zero tolerance policy on suffering? Now, granted, as we start this, we're not Tony Robbins, and so probably it will take us more than 90 seconds at the beginning. But, but you really could start this practice of noticing, oh my gosh, I am suffering right now. I refuse to tolerate that. I decide to start finding out what is going on. What is the thought that's causing this? What is making me feel this way? What can I do about it? Where do I have options? Let me find the power in my choice. I want to be really clear. I'm not talking about pretending that you're not suffering. I'm not talking about having a zero tolerance policy, feeling frustrated and then pretending you're not. I'm talking about diving into that frustration, investigating it, finding out what is causing it and where do I have options. My third realization was probably my darkest. It was probably the biggest shortcoming in myself that I didn't know I had. It's actually one that I really don't like and, and don't like talking about. I don't like that it exists. It's one that from an upper brain level, I, I don't have. It's one that I'm, I'm very against and I, and I feel from a you know upper brain, aspirational, dream, goal-focused, growth-seeking level, I'm pretty good on this one. However, it's there on default and, and it's just good to see that it's there. I on default, have the belief that my value is wrapped up in my ability. That whether I'm good or bad, that my opinion of myself, that my worth, my value is dependent on how well I perform. Now, like I said, in my aspirational mind, in my upper brain, this is not the situation. I take great pride in being a process, not results focused thinker. However, on default, I realized during this event that, that I do have a hard time separating those, that a lot of times when I'm not performing well, when I'm, I'm not executing, when things are going wrong, I start to think that it is an indication of what I'm capable of. I, I start to use that as evidence of my value. So at the event, Tony Robbins took us through this thing that he calls the Dickens process, which is pretty funny, just because it's based on the concept of um, a Christmas carol and, and that whole story of sort of being shown the decisions you're making in the present, what effect do they have on your past, present, and future, and that when when Scrooge sees that pain, it, it's enough to, to make him change, and so he's kind of going through that, and so the idea is to go investigate what pain is this causing, what what are the negative outcomes that come from this belief that, that you're clinging to? And, and so my belief that my values tied up into my ability, I, I started to go to a very dark place about where that would lead me and how that would limit me and <clears throat> how that is the enemy of growth and, and, and the enemy of the things I was talking about earlier on in the podcast, being a teammate to Whitney and, and being able to help our, our business grow by being willing to fail by going out there and letting the failures mean I'm on the right path. And if I start holding that back, I hold her back. 
and and it hurts our business and it hurts our marriage and it hurts our relationship and not to get too dark but the the experiment the idea with this was to go really dark like to go okay what is the absolute worst case scenario that you could go down and so i i went down that road with our marriage with our business and and it was oh my gosh it was crushing it was a weight that came down on my shoulders to think about just how wrong things could go and then i took it even to another level and thought about the example that I was painting for Paige, for, for my daughter. If I was unintentionally giving her the lesson that her value is wrapped up in her ability and starting to see the, the effects that could have on her life and, and the way that I was showing up for her and guiding her through her experience of life and how dark that could go for her and how responsible I could feel for that. All not my normal thought work, I'll tell you that. It was really difficult to, to go through this process, to stay in that dark place because I'm so quick to self-coach. And it's I, not my personality to go into those dark areas and, and like, you know, fantasize about the future in such a negative way. However, I was convinced and I believed that jumping in was worth it because there were lessons waiting for me in there. So I, I did jump in and find those lessons. And, and then ultimately the idea is is to see that, no, I don't choose that life. Like I, I, I am done with, with this belief. And so then I got to grab a new belief that I am always willing to take the next step, that that is the truth. And so I've got this lie that I've been telling myself that my value is wrapped up in my ability, but the truth is that I'm always willing to take the next step, and that's where my value comes in, is that I will keep on walking. And so it was just, it was cool to be able to make that transformation, and so that's sort of the third thing that I would offer you if you're looking to, you know, listen to this podcast, and you're like, okay, where, where can I grab some of this, where can I make some of this growth, would be to go check that, to find some little belief that you have that you kinda, you kinda know is there, but, but you try not to give too much attention, and, and when you've got some space, when you can like sit down in a dark room or something, you're in, you're in a safe, safe environment, go ahead and check out what what are the negative consequences of that belief? Like how if, if I follow that to its worst case scenario conclusion, how bad does it go? How dark does it get? And then and then really think like, I, I don't want that, like, you know. I don't want to go down that road. And so it really opens up this sort of a, a more of a willingness to really authentically let go of that belief and, and say, no, I will not have this in my life. I'm sick of this lie that my value is wrapped up in my ability. And the truth is that I am always willing to take the next step. So those are my main three revelations that I had during my time there. Uh, it is an incredible experience. I would recommend it to anybody that has the opportunity to to partake. It is exhausting. It's, it's uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 hour days just back to back. It's a lot of yelling. As you can hear, I apologize for the, the audio quality of this one. But very cool to see that I do overvalue significance. And that's an area of growth that I'm going to focus on that I was uh, happy to see and kind of be affirmed and have permission to really just have a zero tolerance policy on suffering and just say like, yeah, 90 seconds is enough. Maybe for me, it's more like 15 minutes when I observe that that I'm suffering, that I've got 15 minutes to go investigate, to go intervene, to go do something about it and say, all right, what's going on here? Where are my choices? What do I choose? What am I going to do about it? And how am I going to go forward in the future? 
And then lastly, just to stir up those beliefs that are holding us back, even the ones that we kind of know about, which just wasn't my case. Like I said, my upper brain knows not to do this. I know that that is not a, a real belief, but that doesn't change the fact that, that my lower brain is, is holding on to it. And it's one really important point that Tony made during this event right at the beginning is that we talk about our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. And those are really bad names because the, the name subconscious it makes it seem like our subconscious mind is kind of this little mind and it, it's a smaller mind. It, it's a subordinate mind to our, our conscious mind when the reality is there's a lot more thinking going on in this subconscious mind that is keeping my, my heart pumping and, and my organs doing their jobs and, and my, you know, my brain firing and all the things that I do when I walk, all of the stuff that I don't think about, that I don't think about consciously that's going on, that's actually a, a bigger mind. And so when we find things like this, if I find a thought that's running in my lower brain and my subconscious mind is running behind the scenes without evaluation, it's not like a little thought going on in a little brain that's not really going to have any effect as long as I have the right answer in my aspirations. No, it's it's actually running all the time. It's like, you know, when you, you're running apps in the background on your phone, they're always running. And when they're always running, it's really important to get them addressed. So I hope that that helps for you guys and you can go take some time to do that. Go find out what is that belief that's running in the back of your mind. Check on your process when you find that you're suffering and then take a look at those, those six human needs and find out your order and what effect that's having on your experience of the way you live. Thanks for joining us today. It is always our hope that this little journey together leaves you feeling empowered, inspired, or simply stirs up your craving to live a little bigger. If you want more, you want to go deeper, you want to ask a question, or you know someone who might be able to access more joy with a little bit more steadfast in their life, then please head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and let's get connected. Have fun out there.